0: During a crisis, you know, cocktail hour can be almost any hour. Burp. we started this book club to stimulate our minds from what
1: i hear this book is quite stimulating
0: so boozy book club the first boozy book club of season two and it was yes it was a nell book choice and in our like new format where we actually function as a book club
1: like we read the same book
0: yeah and tell and others discuss the
1: book not tell each other what we did What we read last
0: week. Right. And then like tell others, you know, our tens of followers to also read the book so they can get our thoughts. So since it it was your... Oh, this is the Boozy Sitters Club, by the way. We keep forgetting to say that.
1: Welcome to the Boozy Book Club of the Boozy Sitters Club. Club. We probably should have thought that title through a little bit, but (laughs) here we are. (laughs) We've made it a hashtag. Hashtag Boozy Book Club. Yes. Tag us on books that you might think we would enjoy.
0: And we do still drink, unlike that one time I made the faux pas of not having alcohol.
1: Literally boozy in the title. What are you drinking? Let's start with that since we discussed we don't really have a whole plan for this.
0: What you drinking? What am I drinking? So in the spirit of continuing trying to finish things that are in your liquor cabinet before you buy more booze, Yes. I was determined to kill this bottle of Cointreau. So I took... So you're drinking a glass of Cointreau. Yes, I'm drinking a glass of Cointreau. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing okay. like sweet orange liqueur. Okay, so what it is, is I took the Owl's Brew citrus sweet tea mixer. Mm-hmm. I then, even though they said to put vodka, but then it also says it's good with gin, tequila, or bourbon, I use none of those.
1: <laughs> Thank you for your
0: recommendations, Owl Brew. I will ignore them. <laughs> I took a light rum, uh, Cointreau, and lime juice and just shook it up and strained it. Well, I'm now drinking it out of a, lo- a Lox... Grass? None of those words were right. coming. <laughs> it's a throwback. If you don't
1: get it, go listen to the episode one of oh. season two.
0: Lawrence cheney. <laughs> <laughs> it's never not gonna be funny. It's never not gonna be funny. So I took a rock's glass, what I'm drinking mm-hmm. out of now, but I actually made a few of these and put it into a bladder to take to the beach, a wine bladder. So what you're
1: saying is this is a drink that can be enjoyed outdoors or at home.
0: Yes, and made in advance. I don't know why I felt because like it, it made actually the still tastes good the next day. Because there's nothing like mm. fizzy in it. So if you want to pre-make right. a cocktail, go for it. No it case. really just tastes like switchri- switch switch. Jesus Christ.
1: Wow, this is gonna be <laughs> a great episode.
0: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> power through. Power through.
0: It's good. What are you drinking?
1: Wine. <laughs> <laughs> cool. cool. What kind of wine? Um yeah, I again with the like <laughs> let's not get fancy in the liquor department. Um I had some wine. Um It's, in a tiny can, it's Kim Crawford Rosé, so it was actually like a not-bad brand, because I feel like some of those now, they're not wine, they're like wine coolers, and let's face it, we don't need a resurgence of Bartles and James people. Uh,
0: Or do we? I really enjoy the commercials with those two old men. Sure. Bartles and
1: James themselves. I know they're not really those dudes, but let's just pretend... They can come back, but maybe they could come back with like a decent wine and not the dregs of wine combined with sugar.
0: Maybe Waldorf and Statler can come up with a wine.
1: Ooh, yeah, the I feel like the Muppets probably are not going to be super hot on advertising alcohol, but
0: I don't know when they first came out, they were not necessarily for children. It's true. I mean, I feel it's like true. if Jim Henson were still around, he he'd have his own line of C B D products. Well, there is that whole Dark Crystal movie that he did. He did do that. And
1: then And that's all like basically one giant
0: L S D trip. It is. Anyway, so the book. The book we're reading. So the book. The book we've read. So the book
1: we're reading that we have read (laughs) and we're going to talk to you about (laughs) today. On fire. Yeah. If you guys, if anyone listening at this very moment makes it to the end, we're going to have a special surprise for you. I have no idea what it is. It's just that they've gotten to the end. Oh, I thought you were
0: going to be like, tell them we're just trying to keep people I thought you were gonna be like, guys, I'm pregnant. I don't know why that would be. That would be really bad because this is an alcohol podcast.
1: Surprise! I've been pregnant for the past nine months and drinking. No, just kidding. That's not a thing. Oh wow, jeez. Yeah, no. Okay, so um, so we read a book. That book is called The Westing Game. And it's a book that I read when I was younger and I read a few times when I was younger because I feel like I read every book unless I was like me. But if I liked the book, I think I read it multiple times. Um, so I read it a few times when I was younger. And honestly, I don't remember. I remember we were talking about it and I remember thinking about it, but I don't know what spurred the What spurred process. it was I had never read it. Right, but why were we talking about it?
0: Because the, the book where Claudia meets the really snobby Ashley Wyatt girl, she made a point mm-hmm. of saying she read all of the Newbery Award books.
1: Yes, that's right. And then that led me to this. Um, so, and I, I then when I thought about it, I was like, oh my God, you would love this book. And then I had hoped that I was right. And... Um, so let's start there. Did you love it?
0: I did love it. I really did. I was Yay! actually sad when it was over.
1: Yeah. So technically, I think it's a young adult book, which kind of continues our theme of reading young adult literature. It does.
0: I think that's where we're falling into here. Yeah. Oh, wait for the drag um, race to be over. Wait for it. And this is not a fun. Who's there?
1: Not Lawrence Cheney. <laughs> um... So, yes. So, The Westing Game for people that are listening to this and have not read it is a young adult book. Um, it was written, I think it was the late seventies. I think is what the, the, um, publishing date was like 79 or something like that. Um, and I, I read it. Um, A digital copy from the library and the copy, I don't know how you read it or if your version had this, but the copy that I had was annotated and had a lot, not annotated, but um, there were parts of it that were annotated and there was a lot of information about Ellen Raskin, the author, that I didn't know before.
0: Yes, so I, okay, I actually listened to the audiobook. Ooh. That's fun. Uh, which was fun. And it was actually a very good, the woman who read it did a really great job. Like sometimes it's dry or just not great, or they do voices sure. and they're horrible, but she actually had different voices for some of the characters and they were actually quite good. Um, but at the end, there was a whole section that was from the publisher who was her friend who went into a lot of detail about her life and how she approached writing books, and I found that very interesting. Do you want to tell people what the book's about?
1: Sure. (laughs) Um, So nominally, the book is about um, this group of strangers who get invited to buy these brand-new condos in this brand-new building, um, on Lake Michigan,
0: I think it is. Um, yes, on Lake Michigan, but not in Michigan. What else touches Michigan?
1: Illinois? Chicago.
0: Yeah, that that place.
1: that place. Um and and so these it's a mix of different types of people. and basically, there's a mastermind who has brought them all here. and very quickly you learn Samuel Westing is um the the guy who has brought them there and then he dies and there's a reading of his will and all of them are named heirs but they have to solve his the mystery of his death and whoever does is the one who's going to inherit
0: it reminded me of clue yes which is based on murder by death which if you've not yes. seen murder by death Please go watch Murder by Death. It's Truman Capote at his... And Clue. And Clue. Clue. They're both fantastic. Usually movies that are based on other things, particularly board games, are not good. But the cast and Clue is fantastic. So it reminded me of both of those mixed with Knives Out, but for children. Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, so... There's like, I just, I love this book so much, but um, I think when I was younger, the part that I loved the most is um, who I would basically consider the main character in the book, even though it bounces around a lot. Um, But to me, and again, because I feel like I associated so strongly with her when I was that same age, is a 12 year old girl, 12 or I think she's 12. Um,
0: she might be even younger 12 year old
1: girl named Turtle yes it's her nickname um, and she's basically just this like spunky little kid who her parents kind of ignore her and her older sister is like beautiful and getting married and her mom just thinks that her older sister can do no wrong and everything that Turtle does is just like you know a pain in the butt and she has this long braid down her back, and people always try and pull it. And when they pull it, she kicks them in the shin. I mean, she and, might kick them in
0: the shin even just not for that. She just seemed to be like she was a shin kicker.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like that's her excuse. Like yeah. someone said, like, they they brushed her braid, and she was like, ha-ha, kick you in the shin. Um, and I just, like... I loved her so much when I was little, and I loved her... I was a little afraid that I wasn't going to love her as much in this read as an adult. Mm -hmm. Like, was I going to find her annoying? Was I going to find her, like, precocious? We all know how I feel about precocious
0: children. And I think what's interesting with her is... I don't... I would also say she's the main character, but I don't think it becomes clear that she is the main character, honestly, until the end. Mm -hmm. Because... I mean, this is book club, so we're going to spoil something. So in the end. Spoil the shit out of this. She wins the Westing game, essentially. Yes. But in a way that she doesn't make anybody else feel necessarily like they've lost the Westing game. Because she finds out that Sam Westing wasn't dead this entire time and in fact he's been playing multiple people in this whole scenario and she finds out that even in this scenario he's not dead and she finds where he is and they end up like playing chess until he really dies for real but it's like 20 years later later, but it's like a whole cast of characters like there's you know what I thought was really nice about it was there there was diversity as much as there could be diversity for like the 70s and the fact that like there was somebody who is differently abled but they don't he's not a cliche and you get to hear things from his perspective so even though he has problems with his speech and the other characters don't necessarily understand him all the time except for his brother and then later on his game partner you there are parts where he narrates, so like you get to see this whole inner monologue that this person that I think even now a person confined to a wheelchair who is their speech is not clear would be relegated to the stereotype when you actually get to see that there's this rich inner life with him and he has yeah. the same hopes, dreams, and desires of everybody else, but it's not like contrite, like it's really Great. I did also want Chinese think, food the entire time because oh God, there so is a family, a Chinese family that owns a restaurant that isn't doing well until Turtle's mother finds her calling as a restaurateur. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, so the, it's a it's
1: a husband and wife who own the restaurant with um, two sons? One son. One son. One son. One son. Um and I would say the and the their last name is who h o o, um, which I have always because that's where I learned, they end up naming the restaurant who's on first. And which is so that's corny. how I <laughs> sure, but it's how I learned that I think it's a laurel and hardy. Joke, or it comes from a Laurel and Hardy movie. It's like one of those ye oldie movies, yeah. the Who's on First joke, and that's the first time I, I I heard any kind of or read or learned about any about that joke at all. And then later on, when I saw like where it actually Abbott came and Costello,
0: like, same thing. same thing. Um, <laughs>
1: but funny fat guy, like,
0: skinny straight man, whatever, straight as in um, like not necessarily straight
1: the straight man it's a comedy term yeah are we i just we're still
0: allowed to say that right yeah
1: cool um so there's mr who is the dad and madam who is his second wife and she is somewhat recently immigrated from china and she doesn't speak any english and i feel like Similarly to Chris, the kid who has speech problems, she's presented in this way where she can't communicate to other people, but you get a sense of what her inner monologue is and like what her thoughts are. Um, and there's even parts of it where like, there is some overt racism without like, it's it's clear the book is presenting it as this is not the best choice in life yeah and which and it's not it's not like it's overt in that she she is asked slash made to wear a um traditional the chongsam traditional chinese dress for this dinner party but it's like the co-opted version where it's like super tight and it's slit really high. Yeah. And it's very clearly playing into the like Asian woman exotic idea. Yeah. yeah. And then later on, when like things kind of become better for everybody, it basically is like, and she never had to wear that again.
0: Yeah. And like other parts, someone, one of the other members makes a comment. About how she doesn't speak English. They're at a party, and I think it's Turtle's father because yeah, he's her game partner. Mm-hmm. Says something like, "Well, if I don't, if we don't talk to her, how is she ever going to learn English?" Yeah, because it was basically and- one of those like, "How dare she come here and not speak English?" And he was like, "Well, if we don't talk to her, how-. right?" And, and like or like, no one was anybody like if yeah, if someone doesn't speak English so you don't talk to them how are they ever going to learn the language and clearly be what you think they should be think is in quotes yes. but I, yeah it was interesting and i
1: think that's I'm, that's another part of the book that i think i've always loved and i think i loved it subconsciously i didn't I, i'll say as a kid obviously i don't think i loved it as a child but i think why my memories are so fond yeah. of it Is because there's all this stuff that is just kind of presented as like, yeah, this like racism is bad, like, you know, but making fun of people because of the way they look or the way they act is bad. And also hey, half these people are pretending anyway, so don't give right. shit So, because- Like
0: a good Anne M. Martin book, nothing is what it appears. The writing is done in such a way – Like at the core of it, it's really like a whodunit, but there's all these Absolutely. other things for kids in there. It's like a puzzle mystery. That is like don't treat people like shit, which seems to be a recurring theme of ours, mm-hmm. that we enjoy books that teach children don't treat people like a sack of crap. But like yeah. it starts off in what I considered a very Karen Brewer way, where it's Halloween. Turtle and Karen
1: Brewer are bosom buddies. Yeah,
0: like it's Halloween, and all of a sudden there's smoke coming out of the old Westinghouse, and um, Turtle and what I can't remember Theo, Theo, Theo and Chris and the Mister Who's son. One. What's his name? Doug, Doug Who. Doug Who. Okay. So it's yes, Karen and and Turtle would definitely be bosom buddies. So it starts off, it's Halloween. Piper's making a lot of noise.
1: ear flops. Ear
0: flops. And there is smoke coming out of the old Westinghouse. And Turtle and Theo and Doug Who are all talking about it. They're all a Twitter. And, and and Theo and Doug are like high school age. They're high school, they're best friends. Just to give you the Theo mantle. helps his parents run the coffee also, shop. I like
1: the fact that we're telling people the plot, but we're also totally spoiling it like you've read it. So it's fine. If anyone's listening and you're one or the other, tell us what you prefer. Yeah. Tell us you what know, you, know, you prefer. That
0: out. And Doug is like a big old track star, but his dad wants him to study, but he's like, I'm really good at track man. And then it's totally
1: like he totally walks around with his like members only jacket because it was, you know, the late 70s.
0: Wouldn't it still be a varsity jacket? Whatever. Fine. We can make it a members only jacket. His members only varsity jacket. Maybe it's a, a members only brand varsity jacket. <laughs> no, it probably yes. is a varsity jacket. Now I want that. Because, okay. you know, skinny jeans I have, are like, out. A
1: purple purple members apparently the
0: gen z are getting real upset at us millennials and our skinny jeans and i'm like well your mom jeans look bad on me so i'm gonna keep wearing them
1: i also think (laughs) it's not so much the gen z that's upset it's the millennials which are who are upset millennials who um so many who's and it's kind of hysterical of like Like, every generation goes through this of where, like, the next generation finally becomes sentient enough to make fun of
0: you. And, like, this is to be expected. It's to be expected. And it's also, fashion is cyclical. Wear whatever the fuck you want.
1: Exactly. I mean, put those skinny jeans in the closet and bring them out in another 20 years, they'll be
0: back. I'm still going to wear them because I look like a sausage in the jeans that are... Hip now because those are the jeans that were hip in the 90s, and I looked like a sausage then. I'm not looking like a sausage anymore.
1: Sausage fashion. Sausage
0: fashion. And rock and roll is always in style, so fuck you. I'm going to dress like Joey Ramone the rest of my life. Actually, it's more of a Johnny Thunders. Heroin all around, but not when you're pregnant. Not when you're pregnant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't give the baby heroin. Our that's bo- the takeaway. Our
0: book awesome. club is
1: weird. Is any book club normal? No. I feel like even the normal
0: ones are weird, so. It's true. Our so book club's cool. There's, you know, there's a good Scottish doorman Sandy.
1: Sandy. What's his last name? Mick Southern. Mick Southern. No. San- is it Mick Southern, Sandy, or is it just Southern? Hold please.
0: I don't know, I'm not it's, it's not Lawrence Cheney, so McSuthers. McSuthers. Sorry. So he gets them all riled up and gets that spoiler, he may or may not be Samuel Westing.
1: So that's the spoiler is he is. He is. But
0: and he's like so Turtle's the- favorite. And in the audio book, the woman actually does a good Scottish accent. So that was exciting for me.
1: Nice. Um, so it's interesting to me, I think, in the second, second read, the like probably like 12th read for me. But, um, so one of the things that I read, and I don't know if this is part of what you found out in the audiobook kind of deep dive, um, but apparently Ellen Raskin, one, um, was a graphic designer. And cover artist yes. for books for years, and then she was like, "I can do this." And unlike ninety nine percent of people who say that, she actually could. And she wrote this, and apparently she did no like forward outlining. She just wrote
0: it as she went along she and put all the with pieces together. Every book she wrote, yeah, that she. But I think just, this was the I think like. I think, was, I think
1: this was the first one that was like. A puzzle? A, like a big...
0: Yeah. But it, it um, I th- even if it wasn't a puzzle, it still to me is interesting that that is her process. And honestly, I think that is... Just goes to show you, like if you want to try to do something, really, just try yeah. to do it. And there's, you can watch a million YouTube videos now on how to do this or how to do that. But at the end of the day, you're never going to do it unless you just dive right in. And your process yeah. might be different.
1: Yeah. And... So one of the things that I had remembered as part of like the clues and the puzzles and stuff were the the names mm-hmm. and the north south east west. So there's Samuel Westing. There's Sandy McSothers. No, what did I say?
0: McSouthern.
1: Yes, Sandy McSothers.
0: Southern. Um, yes.
1: There's Barney Northup and Julian Eastman. Yes. And so if you know Or if you pick up on the fact that there's a north, south, east, west, once you start to see that, you can kind of figure out this is all the same person. Which is so-
0: so Every time they come into play, you can be like, aha. Normally, I pick up on these things and I usually like when I watch mysteries or read mysteries, I can usually like pick out what's going to happen- I, and this is, weirdly, this is the same thing that happened with Knives Out. So maybe it's just this particular style of, like, flashy, shiny object. I get distracted by the glitter all the time. Probably why I love the drag queens. But, like, I got so caught up in the characters because they were all fully formed human beings. And you got to hear all of their different perspectives on this. Like... I just, I honestly, I, I at one point forgot we were supposed to be figuring out what was happening. I just yeah, like, and I, I just th- liked listening to he, like what was going on in their heads and about like Turtle's sister and how she really didn't want to get married and how Denton Deer is a horrible name and how he he came off and you thought he was going to be a dick, but then he wasn't a dick and he got paired with Chris so he could really see his true calling of like neuroscience, and not being a Can plastic I- surgeon. Not that that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, follow your passion. If your
1: passion is plastics, go for it. I
0: mean, I had a very nice plastic surgeon fix up my leg. I mean, everyone they just needs scoop out some abnormal shrapnel. No, I'm just very moly and can some... we say shrapnel? Yeah, we can say that. It Let's. Sound that sounds much more badass than I'm moly and like. The test came back abnormal, but not malignant. So they had to just scoop out parts of my leg.
1: So shrapnel. <laughs> Tough go. Dr. Shorty Long did
0: a great job. There's only
1: a wee scar. <laughs> you only have a wee leg. <laughs> it's like an inch. Anyway, you have thoughts. The scar, not the leg. Um, I was just going to run down the characters since we love them so much. Oh, yes. Run them all. Damn okay. <laughs> um run them all down (laughs) oh the booze is kicking in oh piper so as you mentioned they get paired off so they during the reading of the will they all get brought into this room which has a the dead body in the coffin of samuel westing like sitting there in the room the quote-unquote dead body Sure, well, we learn later that maybe it wasn't so dead, maybe it wasn't such a body. And
0: Turtle sees a dead body in the house when she goes in.
1: Yes, when the smoke is going, they dare her to go in and spend the night because there's all these rumors. It's like classic haunted house that's been abandoned and, oh, she's in her pajamas.
0: Yeah, we're having a (laughs) good time. Um.
1: So anyway, they get paired off and no one is with anyone of their family or whatever. So we have Jake Wexler, who is Turtle's dad, who's a podiatrist. And also and a he bookie. He gets matched. Also a bookie on the side. Um, he gets matched with Madam Who, as we've discussed. Um, then we have Turtle, whose real name is Tabitha Ruth, but then she gets paired with Flora Bomba, who she tells who, her name is Alice. And so Flora is like, okay, I'll call you Alice. And then everyone, her mom's like, her name is Tabitha? Like, that's not a thing. And then Turtle decides, basically Flora becomes like a grandmother to Turtle. And she decides she needs a new name because whatever. And so she starts calling her Baba, which, you know, fine. Um, Then there's Chris, who is the kid, as we've mentioned, um, with the... The uh, speech disorder. I think it I don't ends know if at, say this in my
0: head. He has CP. That's what I, I not know. Thought, but based on the fact that it came, I think they said something about that. Like he was sort of fine, and then it came on swiftly. And then Denton Deer actually worked with some neurosurgeon to like, yeah, they find, like get him. They find some or medication something. or some treatment that he regains at least his speech.
1: Yeah. So
0: so he can go deeper into his ornithological work.
1: Yes, that's bird watching. Um, So he's matched with Dr. Denton Deer, who is Turtle's soon-to-be, as we think, brother-in-law. He's engaged to Turtle's um, sister. Sandy McSuthers is the doorman, who basically is just, Fomenting shit all along, and he is partnered with J.J. Ford, who is a um, black woman who is a judge. In my head, she's like, in her early forties, and she's Stacey Abrams' sister. In my head, perfect, <laughs> perfect. Um, and then Grace Wexler, who is Turtle's mom, mm-hmm. and she's m- matched with uh, Mister Who. And then that's how she becomes the, like, restaurateur extraordinaire. I mean, to her credit, um, she
0: really does up his restaurant game. Because he was suffering. Well, she ends
1: up, she ends up taking the whole thing. They franchise. There's a who's on second, who's on third, who's on fourth. I think there's even a who's on fifth.
0: Yeah, there there's was a lot. lot of them. And then there was, like, one where Turtle at the end was like, that one didn't go so well. So she closed that one.
1: Yeah, yeah closed that right up. Um, then we have Bertha Crow. And Otis Amber. And they're like both of them were like a little just like those people that are just they seem like very nice people and both of them they but they also run a little a, creepy. A little creepy, a little off, like you can never they don't talk a lot. No, like and like, when they do talk, they say something that like everyone
0: just kind of looks at them. And, and they're Bertha like, is like, like real, like shaky, like a nervous little cat. Yeah,
1: and then they or, run a or a bir- soup or kitchen.
0: Bird cats aren't really nervous.
1: Well, yeah, I guess. Anyway, cats are kind of just dominant shits. Um, and they they both run, like, a soup kitchen downtown, so they're, like, super, like, big-hearted and charitable and all that. Anyway. And pretty religious. Have- yes. Then we have Theo, who is um, Chris's brother, and the two of, of them and their parents run the coffee shop in the basement, or not the basement, the first floor.
0: Yes, and weirdly... Theo and Chris are named heirs, but not the parents,
1: yes, yes. And then, so Theo is partnered with Doug. And then there's this weird competition between the coffee shop on the ground floor and the Chinese food restaurant on like the top floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Angela, who's turtle's sister, is um paired with Sidel Pulaski. And we find out that Sigel She's a mistake. Is, she's a mistake. <laughs> they meant to get Sybil Pulaski. Yes. And she kind of has... Uh, uh, Munchausen syndrome, yeah. or maybe she doesn't actually make herself sick, but she, she just does, pretends to be she, sick. And she
0: describes herself as like never really having attention. She's a larger woman, so she does just a bunch of like kooky things to try to get attention, and everybody writes her off. But Angela actually really likes her. Yes, and, and they, they
1: every it's it's interesting because all the pairs actually are very well matched, and they become and they be friends. they
0: complement each other. They become friends. They give the other person something that they need or that they're lacking whether it's personally or in the case of mr who and mrs wexler like financial, like he's got like a restaurant that has good food she has the business acumen but has been a housewife forever and has clearly just needed an outlet and like it's just everyone finds each other which is like it's fun it it was just yeah it was fun
1: there's a secret bomber. Bombs yeah. go off. Like so many it's bombs. Just, there's
0: so many bombs. And then and then like Angela's a bomber. Boom at everybody. It's a crazy thing. How are you doing on drink? Blood. Shall we refresh? Sure. Okay. We'll be back. We'll be back. We're taking a wee break. Listen to T rever Hi kids. The t man is back. I'm here to tell you how you can become a Boozy Booster and sponsor an episode of the Boozy Sitters Club. All you have to do is rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and show us the proof. Screenshot that shit and hit us up on the Twitter or the Gram to have Nell and Stephanie say your name at some point when they remember it. And who don't like their name said out loud. Okay, so we're back. We're back. So shall we steal? We're stealing from... The regular episodes. Ourselves. Ourselves. And we're going to do surprising and expected. Should I go first since I haven't read the book? Sure. Yeah. Do it. What was the most surprising part of the book for you? The su- most surprising part of the book for me, I think because when you described it to me, and I didn't actually like- Read the back cover. Read the back cover. I was just like, oh, let, what this is what we're reading. Uh, how adult it was- Mm -hmm. And I, the way you described it to me, I genuinely thought it was just going to be a book that followed around Turtle. And then when I started reading the book and there were all these different offshoots and plot lines that all revolved around the same thing, I was pleasantly surprised at how many, like, full-fledged, very well-formed, thought-out characters there were and how they were all interconnected. Because we haven't even touched on that, that... Not only are these people named the heirs, they're all named the heirs because there is some sort of connection back to Samuel Westing, good or bad, that either Samuel Westing is either trying to rectify because it was not a good interaction, or something he's trying – actually, most of them are – all of them really are things that he's trying to make amends for in some way, somehow. Yeah, it's – but- it's like he's at
1: the end of his life and he's trying to to kind of do a, a do right. Yeah, you know?
0: and, but it's also centered... The other thing I wasn't really expecting, like I knew that there was this murder of Samuel Westing or what, a death. There sure. was that offshoot about like his daughter who died. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't expecting that whole through line and how really at the end of it, Like, that had a lot to do with his behavior and how a lot of these people were connected. And each one of them really did. They got clues, but then they all found other clues. And, like, how the judge, he kind of was kind of a dick to, but, like, saw potential in her and, like, kind of made her his surrogate daughter by paying for all of her schooling and, you know, kind of helping her get to where she is and having her see her potential and then seeing her have that come full circle when she then sees that in chris and does the same thing for chris and it's just like they were just so it was just so well thought out and so connected in a way that i i genuinely think if maybe she did sit down she as in ellen raskin did sit down and try to do that spider map. I don't know if all of those things would have come together if you tried to plot that out beforehand.
1: And I think like there's an element of, I guarantee you it didn't come together perfectly as she was doing it. Like she probably had to go back and an editor helped her like figure out, okay, how do we now, how do we like connect these on page five so that the payoff on page, you know, 105 works out and whatever. Um, But yeah. And, it's funny because, again, like I'd read it multiple times, but I probably haven't read it since I was probably like, I don't know, maybe the last time I read it was I was like 14 or something mm-hmm. like that. So I hadn't read it as an adult and I had to stop myself and go back and like figure out like, wait, was this a young adult novel? Like, or did I just read it as a young adult? Yeah. Because- I will say that happened a lot for me. I read a lot of books as a kid and not all of them were young adult books. And, but I feel like now for the most part, I can look back and be like, Oh yeah, that wasn't supposed to be right. You know, that wasn't targeted whatever. And I stopped and I looked and I'm like, Oh no, this was, this was targeted. This was supposed to be like a young adult focused book. Um, And I think That it made me happy that I was like, Oh, like I'm glad that this is a book that isn't talking down to kids, but it is a book for kids.
0: It was the first book in a long time that I've read that I was genuinely sad when it was done. And I could see why you read it over and over again because I think, had I read it, had that been an option for me to read as a kid. I would have read this over and over again, too. It would have I mean, been... it was. What? What did I say?
1: You said had it been an option. I mean, it was an option. It was an option. I guess or I just, didn't, you just know didn't know about, about it, it. Or it
0: wasn't presented. It wasn't didn't. like something that... <laughs> yeah. Because even though, like, I think we, we talked about this, like, I like to read, but I'm a very slow reader, so I didn't have a great relationship with books when I was a kid because I had such a hard time reading the books that I needed to read for school and the amount of time mm-hmm. I needed to read them. And it wasn't yep. that I wasn't enjoying them and that I wasn't understanding what was happening. It was that I just there was no time for me to read for fun. If because it, it if took it takes me you all weekend to read
1: your homework assignment. Right.
0: You're not gonna read other books. Right. And like, you know, you get summer reading books. Like it took me all summer to read the three books I had to read if I yeah. read them all. So <laughs> which I think is really interesting like you said you you listen to this on an audiobook
1: and it's interesting to me I think also because I think like, had that well, been on a podcast for me but, as a kid? right I probably well, would have been a fine more, <laughs> I think there's a lot more options now and I yeah. think people are are more aware that kids learn differently and read differently and whatever and I, it's you know, I think people now, too, are more used to, like, there are podcasts, there are whatever. Right. So I would hope that kid, parents now, if their kids are slow readers but are interested in books and interested in reading, or even if they're not, quite frankly, right. like, put on an audio book in the background and either you don't the kid – You don't know
0: what's going to happen. You don't know. Or – or, like-
1: Give the kids an audiobook and say, Here's here you go, you can listen to this in half the time that it would take you to read it. Because
0: I think that's the thing, like, those things were you know, books on tape were a thing, or books on CD, but I think they were so at that point exponentially it, more expensive. And the library, but also streaming, is right? The library wouldn't everything. necessarily have all of them, right? So, like. There was no guarantee that the like you can get the Babysitters Club books on audio. I mean, I've been in a pinch and popped one of sure. those. Like, was like I know I purchased this book and should be reading it, but I have put this off for so long. I'm going to listen to it. Um, like I think that would have opened up a lot of things for me. But even listening to it, I was like, I will go back to this and listen to it again. And even like adult books, there are books that are not yeah. necessarily that way.
1: Yeah. Um, it's funny because, so the part of the reason I don't like audiobooks is I, and even, I will say even podcasts are tough to me, there are only very particular times that I can listen to podcasts Mm -hmm. um, or anything, and it's basically, like, driving, like, getting ready for work when, like, you're just getting dressed and, like, you know, doing stuff, doing the dishes, like... Anything that requires any other attention, mm-hmm. I'm gone. Like I don't hear what's happening. But it's also the speed. Like I think audiobooks for me are too slow.
0: Oh, and- you can speed those shit up. I I listen to this at like one point three speed because yes, they are very slow. But then like sure. when I put it at that, that, I'm like, okay, this is like at a pace. Yeah, okay. Because
1: I that wasn't always an option. I used though. to. <laughs> Do you remember in school when you had to do the read aloud reading? Yes, where, like you went around and I everyone would like dreaded. read the I dreaded. I dreaded because, look, here is my snobbiness of my child snobbiness. I dreaded it because of the readers that were not great allowed readers, and I did not have the capacity to understand that this was helping
0: them. <laughs> yeah. And my problem with it was I would get so nervous to read out loud, even though like I knew how to read, <laughs> yeah. that I would spend so much time figuring out which lines I had to read out loud, not pay attention to anything that was said before me so I could practice what I was re- going to read. Well, I would
1: be like, okay, I have to read these. This is really boring because everyone's reading so slow. And so I would just read and I'd be like five pages ahead. And then they'd get to me and I'd be like, what? Huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> so let me go back. <laughs> it's real bad. School, man. It's the same. School. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I really did. What was the most expected part for you? The most
0: expected part for me. Weirdly, I think the ending of the book. Where, like, it then jumped ahead in time. I almost wanted to be, like, I get this is for kids, but it, and, like, if this was for an adult, this would just be, like, volume two. Sure. Like, I kind of, I wanted to know how you got to all of those things, but the most expected part for me, weirdly, was that in as adults, Turtle and Theo got married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I was like, out of everything in this book, that was the only thing that was like, cliche city. Because even like Angela and Dr. Deer, they actually took a break. She became like a she doctor. went back to medical school. And then like they reconnected like randomly. And then they got married. Like that was yeah. not expected. That was not even a thing then. But I was like, really? Fucking Turtle? You're going to marry... Right. You're going to marry... It's, like,
1: expected but <laughs> disappointing. Like, you just want Turtle to be, like, her own strong, independent woman which who th- doesn't need
0: anybody. Which I think she still is, because it sounds like, you know, she's the one. Oh, she's minute. running the she's world. She's running the world. Like, I get it all, but... Like, <laughs> yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. Okay. It's... I think... I'd forgotten about the epilogue, mm-hmm. um, and... I was both, like, pleasantly surprised and, like, because I think in my mind, clearly, I'd just forgotten about it all. Yeah. Clearly, the story ended once we kind of solved the mystery of what happened. And then, like, okay, everyone went on with their lives. So, as an adult, I was kind of like do we need this? But then I was also like, oh, I'm I'm glad to see, like, what their adult lives are I'm like. I'm glad but that I, they all
0: ended up well and happy, but it was just, sure. like, WTF, I think man. that was
1: the, like, it, the the 90% of the preceding stuff was not well and happy. And I think that, to me, was the, like, I mean, I guess I'm getting to the unexpected part mm-hmm. of it, but, like, the epilogue is this nice little let's tie everything up with a bow. Right. And the the majority of the book is not that at all. Like, the majority <laughs> of the book is the unexpected. Like, and so it's – and I, I kind of wonder, like, now I'm thinking about it. It was written in the late 70s. It was written by a woman. It did, was they make her young adult. did they make her do like, that? Did the they make like, her do that? But the publisher
0: – but the interesting thing about that is the publisher who wrote that wonderful thing about her at the end – was also a woman. Yes, but like... <laughs> but so it was like, to me, it was almost like these two women worked on this beautiful, masterful piece. And then, like, the dudes at the publishing company were like, you need to tie this up in a bow, otherwise kids and aren't going to And all the girls like need it. to get married. Yeah, and all the girls need to get married. Yeah. Even if they're doctors and You're lawyers. They're still a girl. They're a girl. They're still, they're girl. still ladies.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... <laughs> So one of the things that the print version had,
1: what were you gonna say?
0: Oh, we can't we can't forget that Doug Who ended up becoming an Olympian and oh, yes. um Ms. Pulaski married like a sausage king or a sauerkraut king. I can't remember. No, the which. sausage king. Sausage king. Was it and all I, I
1: wanna say hold on, I'm gonna look. Because I wanna say Abe Froman, but no, I think that like that
0: might be Seinfeld. No, that's Ferris Bueller. And then my, when she married, whatever it was, and because it was in Illinois, I remember reading that. Conrad Schultz. Yeah, I remember reading that and going, "Is did, did the people that made Ferris Bueller, were they fans of this book?
1: <laughs> Probably. Um, yes, because she was the secretary to the president of yes. Schultz's sausages, Conrad Schultz. And she basically is like...
0: Hey. hey, one day. Hey, and, and then she's I, like, you want to go to lunch? You want to go to lunch? I got my own money, so I don't need yours, but yeah. hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the print version,
1: one thing that I highly enjoyed. So because Ellen Raskin, the author, was a graphic designer, there was all this stuff and they showed... Her hand drawn notes. Oh, that's of, cool. Like um, of some of the galleys, she designed the cover. So I don't know what um, cover art you saw on it. Um, can I share something with you? Chat. I can Let's see if this
0: works. Yeah. Um, can you see that? I have a chat. I have a screenshot. It's downloading. 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 Merp, merp, merp. Still downloading. <laughs>
1: yes that was the okay so she designed that she drew that Mm -hmm. and she hand lettered that and beyond the cover that she drew and designed she also had all these notes on on the layout of each page and where the text went and like how big it was and mm. where the line breaks were. That's very and it's interesting. All like a mental thing for you to see, like when people talked and when they didn't. And like, and I think as the, a
0: design the, person, now I feel like I yes. need to go pick up the print edition of this book. I because know. Because that, that is a very interesting way of thinking about things. And I think so often and it's not just with literature or any art form really i think we all tend to get so stuck in whatever medium it's in that sometimes you forget they all kind of work together and yeah. if you are able to create something like that where you're able to marry a couple of different mediums it creates for it creates a much more interesting piece
1: yeah And then they also had her notes where they showed her, um, like, all these character names where she was trying out names. Mm -hmm. And so, like, Sandy McSuthers, there's all... She clearly had the, like, north, south, east, west thing going. So Mm -hmm. she had all these different versions of names that had south in it. Mm. And she was, like, writing them out. And it was it was really, really interesting. And it was so, like, I think even she picked the font. Like, there was all this stuff that was, like, from a... From someone who comes from a a visual graphic background. Yeah. And to make that part of the story is
0: just like. That's fascinating. Like I. Yeah. I love all that stuff. Like I think that just. It's like the cherry on top. Like I think. It's kind of like when you watch a movie. And everyone kind of. You don't really pay attention to the sound until it's bad. But when like a sound design is really good. Yes. it enhances your whole experience. Fonts and layout is that is sound for books.
1: Right. And I think like it's it's another part of this is geared toward young adults. And so this is just another piece of that like visual puzzle of what the story is and it's not something that most people, I'm going to say, like, 99.99999% of people, except mm-hmm. for the, like, insane, like, graphic of typography the, nerds. Like, just um us? <laughs> yes. Um, but even, like, I, I wouldn't notice it, but I appreciate it once we kind of, like, learn about it and see it. And it's when kinda, she's yeah. talking about it and the, the one note she wrote to her editor was, like, I... I promise I won't be this crazy on every round. It's just this initial one where I can see every, like the first time I'm seeing all the words yeah. I need to be able to. And she gave like, she gave notes on kerning. <laughs> and I'm like, you must be a night. I mean, she's dead now. Sorry. But um, like, you must have been a nightmare. In that first round It really seemed like She was basically like Let me see all the problems Let me tell you How I want them to be fixed And I'm going to be A complete nightmare At that point point. And then Once you fix them Great We're moving on But I'm like You are now my new hero Like this is You know exactly what you want You're not going to take Any bullshit from anybody And it's going to be Better
0: for it Yeah it's true I mean Oh <gasps>
1: Think Ellen Raskin
0: and Anna Martin ever met in real life? I don't know. We should find out. So, should we talk about Next Book Club? Yeah. What is it? Okay. I picked a book. Yeah. So, it kind of goes with. So, we're picking the book in February, but we're reading it in March. So, we're picking it in Black History Month and we're going to talk about it in Women's History Month. So, I picked a book by Nick Stone. Sure. Called Jackpot. She's um best-selling African-American writer. She's from Atlanta. Apparently I'm really into women from Atlanta lately. Um this book came out in 2019. The paperback came out last year. But let me read the what is the back cover, but it's the description uh, under the first cover. The blurb. So. It's still a YA book, but it's still in that same vein of
1: it looks thicker though.
0: It is thicker. I think it's like for older
1: like high school rather than junior high.
0: Yeah, um, and keep in mind, I bought this for a book drop for Cape St. Pete Lit, which they will get once I read I still it. Get it. Um, so this is this is what the description of the book is. Rico, day. It's spelled danger, but it is uh, danger. It's pointed out that it's that's danger. Rico danger. Thank you very much is a high school senior and part-time cashier at the Gas and Go. She had to get the job. Her paycheck is necessary for keeping her family afloat. If anyone could use a stroke of good luck, it's her. And for the first time in a long time, it seems like she may have found one. If Rico can unite an unclaimed lottery ticket with the winner, there's a chance that her good deed will be rewarded with some sorely needed funds of her own, she hopes. She recruits classmate Zan Macklin, and the only other person who may have a clue to the mystery to help. Together, the two uncover things they never would have expected about money, themselves, and most importantly, about how to make some luck of their own. Mm, that sounds fun. Yeah, so it's another, like, kind of in the same... little, little mystery A little mystery in the same vein, female lead who's, like, got to figure shit out on her own. Um, but... What I enjoy, there's another little, like, excerpt on the back that says, When safely inside the Jeep, I feel Zan eyeballing me. What? It's terrifying how good of a liar you are, Donger. I looked at my chip nail polish. Take a deep breath. There's over $100 million on the line here, Macklin. Just did what I had to do. You enchantress, he says. And we pull off. (laughs) Ooh. Dun dun dun. Weirdly, from what I've read about the book, the main character reminds me of friend of the Pod Roxanne a little bit by the like, I got my chip nail polished because I did it, cause when I knew I needed to look good, but now right. I do I'm getting shit done. You motherfucker. Let's I'll take it off when I have shit. time to take it off. Yeah. So Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. We'll post about that. Yeah. But Hopefully we like it as much as it seems like everybody else does. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed.
1: That's it. Well, that's been episode one of season two Boozy Book Club. (laughs)